An online retailer is shuttering a big warehouse in Louisville, which is pretty unusual given the growth of e-commerce during the coronavirus pandemic. We talk about that and more on this week's Access Louisville podcast. Thanks for joining us. My name is Haley Cawthon, and joining me today is Laurel Deppin. Hi there. And Ellie Tolbert. Hi. Access Louisville is a weekly podcast from Louisville Business First. Each week, we bring you the latest news along with plenty of sharp opinions on what's happening here in Louisville, Kentucky. So that online retailer we alluded to is Zappos. Um, they're closing a warehouse just south of the Louisville airport. Ellie, could you tell us a little bit about what's going on with that? Yeah, so um, it's the outlet powered by Zappos is its official name, but it's um, just the Zappos outlet. They're closing their doors later this year. We don't have a ton of details yet because um, I think it's a pretty recent decision. But um, yeah, they're closing later this year and they basically said in a statement that they're just kind of focusing on some other operations um, they said that coming out of the uncertainty of the last two years, they're now better dis, uh, positioned to make decisions on um, demands that we're seeing. So, uh, so yeah, they're closing the, the outlet, but they still have um, one warehouse in LaGrange and then two stores in the mall that aren't affected by this. Yeah, that's Mall St. Matthews, right? Or is that Oxmoor? Mm-hmm. Okay. It's St. Matthews. Yeah. Um, so we don't know how many employees this is impacting, right? Mm-mm. No, we I asked them and they said that it's just too early to tell, but they're working to um, get them positions in other Zappos locations or other like networks. They're a subsidiary of Amazon and we have you know several Amazon warehouses here. So um, so that's kind of their plan for the employees. Hopefully it won't cause too many layoffs, but we'll see. Yeah, there's plenty of people hiring. So mm-hmm. even if it's not with Zappos or Amazon, I'm sure they'll be able to find a job elsewhere. Um, but that warehouse is like 20, what is it? 325,000 square feet. And it's like pretty new. Like it was just built before Zappos moved in back in 2019, 2018. Yeah. Um, so do you know of any other like big warehouses um, that are newly constructed or e-commerce um, projects going on around town? Yeah, last week I wrote about um, Van Trust broke ground on their newest distribution facility or uh, spec building in River Ridge, um, and it's over a million square feet, so it's a big one. And Van Trust has three buildings in River Ridge now, and I think this one's their largest. So I can't even imagine what like a million square foot building looks like (laughs) yeah me neither um i a while back um some nice people in bullet county kind of took me on a tour of all of the warehouses out there and uh they showed me one that was i think it was almost a million square feet so it was it was wasn't quite it was like nine hundred thousand square feet i think it was one of the bourbon logistics centers down there and you couldn't even see the end of it (laughs) i was it's hard even when you're sitting there looking at it it's hard to fathom like what the end of it looks like (laughs) but crazy um like my eyesight isn't that good i'm gonna need you all to build something smaller (laughs) Mm -hmm. um so 
on Facebook, it was pretty interesting. I saw people responding to this story and they're like, well, that's what you get because people like to try on their shoes. And I'm like, okay, that's a weird, <laughs> that's a weird jab at Zappos. Like, I think they've proven out their concept pretty well. Um, but just thought I'd ask you guys, how do you like to shop for shoes? Are you like an in-person shopping shoe person where you have to try everything on? Or like, are you cool with returning something that you bought online because it doesn't fit like I would say a normal person, a normal person would do? <laughs> it depends. Like I will buy shoes online if I'm like pretty sure that they're going to fit. So if it's coming from like like Nike or like because I'm a size seven, but I can fit anywhere from like a six and a half to like an eight, <laughs> just depending on the shoe. So like if it's somewhere like Nike or like I just bought a pair of Hoka's, which a little like free advertising for Hoka's. They're so nice. <laughs> but um, those I bought online. But like other types of shoes, especially if they're not tennis shoes, I'll tend to tr- like want to try them on. So Laurel, what about you? I usually always try things on unless it's like a shoe brand that I buy a lot or I buy like a new pair every so many years then I'll buy those online but I I, I've just been hurt too many times by you know like I'm a size seven too Ellie (laughs) I don't know if it's weird that we're saying our shoe size on on the access Louisville podcast uh but (laughs) (laughs) yeah um yeah but I've been I've had to return shoes that were my size that didn't fit too many times so I like to just try it on to be safe I get that um I would say I only buy heels in person and like tennis shoes, boots, anything else I, I'm cool with buying online because it most generally will fit. I'm a seven and a half. Um, since, since we're all saying our shoe sizes, heels, like you never know if it's going to hurt your foot, number one, or like how your toes are going to fit into it. Like if it's got a pointy toe or if it's got like those little thin straps, like what if... What if one of my toes doesn't want to go in there? So I get that when it comes to heels or like just weirdly shaped shoes, I guess. So um, but rolling into the next question on this, when it comes to shopping online, how often do you guys find yourself going to like Amazon or somewhere else to buy, whether that's like sh- shoes, clothing, other things? I am notorious for like if I'm, online shopping specifically for clothing, I will put a bunch of stuff in my cart, leave it for days, and then not buy anything. <laughs> because you're way of shopping. <laughs> yeah, basically. I um this is probably something I shouldn't admit on the Access Global podcast, but I don't fully understand the postal system and how to return things. So like I very rarely buy clothes online because I don't know how to return it. So, um, uh, so I don't, I do a lot of like shopping on Amazon for things that are not clothes. Like I just recently bought a curtain rod, like things like that, but I don't do a lot of like um, clothes shopping online. Laurel, what about you? I think this is a big reveal episode of the Access Louisville podcast. We're all spilling our shoe sizes and our shopping secrets. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I'm notorious for not using Amazon. So I just like to support 
the local economy, I suppose. Um, so I try to like shop local when I can. And then um, if I have to go somewhere like a Target or whatever, I'll go to the storefront. Um, again, I, I'm not, I, I sound like I'm an obnoxious hipster or something, but <laughs> that's just the way that I shop. I find myself more or less shopping for deals. Like if I see something on Amazon that I know is like significantly cheaper than what I can buy in store, like Amazon basics, like whether that's just like towels or something else, like I find myself going there for that because I mean, inflation, (laughs) Um, if you're not shopping the deals, then I don't know, you must have a lot of money, (laughs) but Mm -hmm. um, I I get wanting to support local Laura. Like I find myself shopping for like all birthdays and holidays and stuff at local stores. Um, I'm usually never buying gifts online. That's for sure. Um, but it wouldn't be a proper Access Louisville podcast if we didn't talk about restaurant news. So I'm going to switch gears into that, switching from retail to restaurants. Laurel, could you tell us about the new cafe um, that recently opened in Norton Commons? Yeah, so this is pretty exciting. Um, so Bored in You is a custom charcuterie business that was founded in New Albany, Indiana. And they have a storefront there, but also a board and you bistro, which is kind of like an upscale wine bar and restaurant. Um, so the owners decided to take those two concepts and spin something kind of new out of it. Um, and it's the board and you cafe, which is opening in Norton Commons. Well, not opening. It is currently open as we speak, I believe. And it's going to have sandwiches, some boozy brunch options. So cocktails, coffee, wine, and of course, charcuterie boards, because that's their whole thing. Yeah, I'm super into that. I also read slushies, like alcoholic slushies. That's a thing that I'm a fan of. (laughs) Um, But speaking of charcuterie, I remember this like blowing up during the pandemic, like there were randomly like five charcuterie companies that popped up in the Louisville area because I think people just loved taking pictures of meats and cheeses and fruits, like all Mm -hmm. colorfully arranged for their Instagram. And we were all stuck at home and bored out of our minds. So of course, like, yes, let's artfully design meat and cheese trays. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But do you guys think charcuterie is still a big thing or do you think like, its popularity is waning a little bit. I honestly think it's still a big thing. Just today, I saw people posting homemade charcuterie boards on on Instagram, on their Instagram stories. Um, I like creating charcuterie boards when I host things um, because it's like fun and relatively easy. Like you don't have to cook a whole meal when you have people over. You can just have, you know, the meats, the cheeses, the fruits, all of the important food groups, um, and everybody seems pretty satisfied. It's definitely a crowd pleaser. Yeah, it's like the it's like the next step up above, like just putting out a bag of chips and some dips. Right. Yeah, <laughs> like one one more step of effort, you know, a step down from cooking a full meal, step up from bag of chips. <laughs> Ellie, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think it's still a big thing. I do think it's calmed down a little bit, but I think it's big. But you know, one of my qualm, though, with those, like, charcuterie places, I want to go to them because I love 
meats and cheeses. I love crackers, so they would be perfect for me. But I don't like know what time of day to go because I'm like, it's not quite a meal. So I'm not going to go for like dinner time. But if I go like too, too quick or too soon before dinner, then I won't be hungry for dinner. So I just don't, it's like, I want to go to one, but I'm like, do I go at like 4.30? Like, I don't know what time to go to them. (laughs) Clearly you have never done what me and my family do frequently. And that's just eat appetizers all day long. Um, it's definitely not the most healthy, it's definitely not the healthiest eating habit, but, um, like we have literally went to like one restaurant for appetizers, one restaurant for dessert (laughs) and like other things. So I don't know, you could, you don't have to count it as a full meal. Um, but a lot of the times, like it's a snack before another snack before a snack. <laughs> yeah, you just have to snack all day. I'm, I just need to stop eating in meals and start eating in snacks. This is probably not good advice, but, <laughs> but still. I was just going to say I have another news hook for for this exact topic, and it'll promote another Louisville Business First story. So get ready for okay. this. <laughs> so um, a new sangria bar opened. Um right next to a restaurant in downtown Jeffersonville. And the same company, Borden U Charcuterie, is providing charcuterie, bo- charcuterie boards for this sangria bar. So kind of the owner of both of these concepts said that the sangria bar with the charcuterie snack will serve as like an appetizer while people wait for their dinner at Union, the restaurant that's next door. Ooh, I get that. Um, I remember reading that in that story, um, now that you mention it, which that would have been a good topic to bring up on last week's podcast, which we didn't have because um, our host, our regular host, I'm just, you know, standby fill-in, David, he's in Europe this week, so um, we're slacking on the podcast, but hopefully you'll forgive us and come back. But Sangria Bar... (laughs) And charcuterie is an excellent idea um, in the sense that, like, isn't, like, culture doing a similar concept? Isn't that what that place is called um, in Butchertown, um, mm-hmm. where it's got, like, custom cocktails um, and other things, and also charcuterie? But getting back into some more food news that came out this week, um, Crumble Cookies has opened its third Louisville location, like, this company came out of nowhere like they just started opening up locations last year now they have three they have a fourth in the works so have either of you tried crumble um and if so like give us your honest brutal review of of their model i guess (laughs) um i've tried crumble several times the amount of times i've talked about crumble cookie on this or just cookies in general on this podcast (laughs) has been like astronomical but um I have tried it. It They are good just depending on the cookie. Like, I've had cookies there that I really didn't like, but then I've had ones there that are really good. Um, I Like, my roommate and I will get them every once in a while. And it it's kind of like a give and take because they change their menu each week. So it's kind of fun to, like, we will just get all of the new ones and, like, try them. But then you it's like you might get one that you don't like. So... But now you have it, you know, for the next week or you get one you really like, but then it's not going to be there next week. So um, I like it. 
but they're also really big. So we eat them in like tiny chunks throughout the week, which is, I guess, good to have for a week at a time. But yeah. Are we back at it again with like the healthy eating habits? <laughs> no eating I, one cookie and one sitting, you break it into pieces. <laughs> they are I big. I promise I'm not healthy. I think I just, <laughs> <laughs> I don't like sweets all that much. So that's why I eat it in like small doses. I, I, there are other things I eat in very large quantities. I promise everyone <laughs> like, like goldfish <laughs> and things like that. Sure. Um, and yeah, we have talked about crumble quite a bit on this podcast. Um, but I always think it's interesting when there's like a franchise or a chain model that's like coming in into like a dessert space because m- some people don't eat dessert every day. You know, those of us who live life to the fullest, I guess, do. Um, but I feel like it's a harder model to be profitable. And so I keep bringing it up. But Laurel, what do you think of Crumble? Well, I think that their business model is kind of genius because the typical person that works at Crumble Cookie is like a high school, college aged woman. You know, so that's like a built in marketing team for them. Like they can pay the minimum wage and they're already making TikToks and Instagram yeah. posts of the cookies that they're making. Um, and I don't know, I think it's very gimmicky and fun. And a lot of people love posting pictures of it. I personally am not located close to a crumble cookie, so I don't really want to drive 30 minutes to get one. <laughs> I've um, I've tried it once and I thought it was fine they were super rich super big so ellie you do the right thing by microdosing crumble cookies <laughs> i've tried them once only because my husband brought them home from work and i thought they were just okay and i don't know like i wasn't a fan of the chocolate chip one um and the lemon one was just fine um but they're like local places that have like really good cookies fresh out of the oven please and thank you obviously comes to mind i'm buying those cookies all the time but like butchertown grocery bakery butchertown has an excellent chocolate chip cookie with like sea salt and stuff um so i'm like i'm overly critical of something as simple as chocolate chip cookie but like i don't think crumble has it right (laughs) yet (laughs) that's my assessment but we'll get rolling into another chain concept because um for some reason, people in Louisville love chains. It's fine. Um, but Chick-fil-A is also opening a new spot this week. Um, I think they're opening tomorrow, Thursday. Um, we're recording this on Wednesday. Ellie, could you tell us a little bit more about that new location? Yeah, so that's the one. Um, it's at 11801 Plantside Drive. It's off Blankenbaker Parkway. Um, and it is opening tomorrow. Um, yeah, it's their 18th. Chick-fil-A in the Louisville area. So um, lots of Chick-fil-A's in Louisville. Lots of very chicken-oriented city. I was going to say, is 18 Chick-fil-A locations too many? I feel like that's a little overkill for any, like, market saturation plan. But, you know, I know people love chicken, but we've got that. We've got Joella's. We've got KFC. We've got Royals. We have 800 chicken places. So what's your guys' thoughts on the chicken market in Louisville? Do we have too many chicken things? <laughs> I feel like, well, like when I 
read that it's their 18th. I can't even think of like where that like surprised me because I mean, I can think of several Chick-fil-A locations, but like 18 sounds like a lot. Um, I don't know. I do think that there are obviously like chain places like Chick-fil-A and other ones that I don't go to as often. Uh, KFC is one of them too, which maybe I should for some Kentucky pride, but um, I do feel like there's like places like Joella's and Royals and even like Cane's. There's like different things I like about each of their chicken, like their chicken's different, you know? So I like going to those places for different types of chicken. And I can never eat enough chicken. I love chicken. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It does seem like a lot. Well, I wonder how many McDonald's and like other legacy kind of fast food brands we have in Louisville, like how many Burger Kings or Subways, there's probably like a million Subways, but that's beside the point. Um, Anyways, Laura, what do you think? I think our our chicken market is definitely tapped. Um, (laughs) I don't think there's a boardroom of people saying we need more chicken in Louisville. Um, I don't That's know what if, the cow says for KF or for Chick-fil-A. Eat that more is chicken. true. Yeah, yeah, maybe maybe this podcast is sponsored by those cows and their <laughs> lobbying efforts. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I'm a big fan of of chicken, of fast food chicken. Joella's is my absolute favorite. I'll deal with the Royals, but nothing beats the hot chicken of Joella. <laughs> I'm I don't live in a cool place. Like you guys do, but <laughs> so I eat at KFC most often, um, and their chicken tender box or whatever it is is pretty dang good. I just had one like two, maybe two weeks ago, and it was on point. I I think people need to give KFC another shot. That's just my assessment. Okay, I have been saying that because I haven't had KFC in so long, like because. My association with KFC is buckets of chicken, and I'm not going to get, like, a bucket of chicken for just me. So I haven't – I don't never go to KFC. But then there's one time I was at a U of L women's basketball game, and I was going to get a soft pretzel because that's my favorite food. But they were out of soft pretzels. So then I was like, well, what do I get now? So I just got French fries, which they have KFC's French fries at the M Center. And I was like, these are so good. Oh, yeah, like, they're good fries. Yeah, I've been sleeping on KFC this whole time. So then, like, a little while after that, I went and tried their chicken sandwich because there was that time that everyone was talking about their chicken sandwich. And that was also so good with the fries. And I was like, dang, KFC, I'm sorry for sleeping on you. But I still don't go there that often because there's not one near me. But it's pretty good. We'll we'll make KFC sponsor our next podcast instead mm-hmm. <laughs> of the cows this time. And we're almost wrapping up this podcast, but before we go, wanted to talk about Liquor Lab, um, which is a concept out of Nashville, Tennessee. So, Ellie, you had this story this week. Um, could you tell us more about what it is, where it's at, when it's opening? Yeah, so it's um, opening, sept- well, they're targeting for September 1st. When I talked to him uh, two days ago, he said that he was hoping to get the liquor license, like, by yesterday. So, um they're targeting September 1st, and um, they're opening in Newly Marketplace, and it's a craft-your-own cocktail experience. And so it's um, an event venue. You can get tickets to go to, you know, 
craft your own cocktail or you, you can rent it out for birthday parties and corporate events, things like that. But um, you basically they give you all of the ingredients, the glassware, they have appetizers and then they have instructors that teach you how to make the drinks. So you make your own drink and then you have time in between to kind of like socialize, drink it, eat the appetizers and then you make your next drink and you have about three that you make so um they also teach you like the history of the drinks and things like that um and they they recruit some like local bartenders to uh they have their own bartenders but then they recruit local bartenders too to make like local drinks that you know we have at Louisville bars so yeah um I thought that was interesting that you're making three drinks across a 90 minute period and I wonder, I have to assume that they're not full-size drinks because I don't know many people who could drink that much and then just, like, have to be carted off <laughs> afterwards. Yeah, like, like, see ya. And they're like, oh, it could be, like, a corporate gathering. And I'm like, mm, I don't think you can drink that much in corporate gatherings. Um, so that was just my initial thought when I was reading about, like, the time span and the, the fact mm-hmm. that you're learning how to make three drinks. But aside from the question about how drunk you'll be, is this a good idea in terms of like, are people going to be interested in this? Because when I go out, like I want someone to make my drink for me because I know it'll taste good because they're bartenders. And um, so that's just my thought is like, if I go out, I want someone to be making my drinks and my food for me. But I didn't know if you guys thought it sounded like a fun time to be a mixologist. There's people who are super into that. I think it would be fun it's like something would be fun to do every once in a while. Like, I don't think I would want to do it, you know, all the time because that is a good, like, I probably am not going to be very good at it <laughs> because um, I'm not, well, just in general, I'm not very good at cooking. I'm revealing a lot on this episode, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> and, but anyway. access loop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is a, a expose on me, but, um, but so I have a feeling that I won't be that good at it. But I think it would be something that would be fun, like, every once in a while, maybe like a birthday party or a special event, you know? Um, yeah. Laura, what do you think? Yeah, I think it's definitely not, like, an everyday hanging out thing. Like, oh, yeah, let's go to the liquor lab again. We're regulars <laughs> there. They know our names, you know? It's it's kind of, but, I mean, it is fun to There's go like to There's, like, a the- novelty of it, I guess. Yeah, yeah. It's fun to go to those things as like an event. It's kind of like also in Nulu, they had the make your own candle bar. You know, you go like you can go and, you know, buy a candle for $10 or you can pay for the experience of making your own candle and smelling the whole thing. Um, But after that, you're not necessarily going to want to go back like Every time you need a new candle. (laughs) So I think the same thing is going to happen here. That's true. I guess it could be a draw for tourists, too, or like bachelorette parties and bachelor parties. Like every every week I used to have to follow behind a thirsty peddler in downtown Louisville. And I I bet you that's going to come back in a big way. It's already came back a little bit, but once the... Once the brides to be take over Nulu, like that'll be their spot. <laughs> um, last question, then we'll let it go. So, what's your favorite local cocktail? Since we were talking about bringing in local bartenders um, to showcase some of our kind of specialty area drinks, what's your favorite local cocktail? What is it? And where do you get it at? 
You should answer this question first because I have to think about it. <laughs> Me. Um, I had one in mind. Oh, um, and this is going to be weird. It's a cocktail that's at a brewery. Um, and I actually don't know if it's currently on the menu. But one of my favorite cocktails I've had in Louisville is the Surfer USA at Gravely. Um, it's this blue tropical drink with like a cherry in it. And it's delicious. It's got like a nice foaminess to it and like a dried piece of pineapple like on the side of the glass. And I'm like, this is peak enjoyment right here. So that's my pick. I don't know. I am a certified beer girl. (laughs) Yeah. So I don't order cocktails a lot. (laughs) Okay. Well, what's your favorite beer then? Since we, I, I already took it to the brewery level. So you guys... Tell me your favorite beer. Okay. Um, now I have to think about this a little bit more too. I can, I can answer. Yeah, you go first. Yes. Um, my favorite local beer, if it counts, because I know that West Six is based in Lexington, um, but they have a strawberry Kolsch, which I am absolutely obsessed with. Ellie can attest because just a few days ago, we went to West Six and they hadn't had strawberry Kolsch for a few months but they had it that day. And I thought that I was going to die of happiness because it was my absolute favorite Kentucky beer. (laughs) But yeah, I'm a beer girl as well. Um, I can't tell you the last time I had a cocktail out. (laughs) Yeah. I, um, I, this, I don't know if this is my favorite, but this is just one that comes to mind. 1020 storyteller. It's like their IPA. I really like that one. Um, and I think I get that every time I'm there. And I just like 1020 in general, like their space and their food is really good. They have the Happy Belly Bistro and then Matzo Pie, I think, is there. Um, and so I like that. I like cocktails, too. I just I don't ever order them, honestly, but also because I don't know what to order sometimes. And beer is just so much easier. So it's I feel like I do need to. Yeah. If you like if they don't have like a cocktail menu, like in there's just a bar. I always find myself ordering like a rum and diet Coke (laughs) and that's really boring, but I'd have no idea how to request what kind of drink I want. But when it comes to specialty cocktails, surf in USA gravely for me, before we sign off, let's go around the virtual room here and share where our audience can find us on social media. So Ellie, I'll let you go first. Yeah. You can find me on LinkedIn under my name, Eleanor Tolbert or on Twitter. Um, at BFLU Eleanor. Okay, and Laurel? I'm also on LinkedIn under my name, Laurel Deppin, and I'm on Twitter at BFLU Laurel. Not to be confused with Lauren Deppel. Which Don't is, know. <laughs> Don't know who she is. <laughs> I said Laurel's name wrong at the start of this show, which hopefully I'll be cutting out. But, you know, just to own up to my mistakes here, you know, we've only worked together for almost a whole year. Um, <laughs> and you can find me on social, um, on LinkedIn under my name, Haley Cawthon, and on Twitter under BFLU Haley. If you like what you hear, please consider subscribing to the Access Louisville podcast on popular podcast services like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Radio Public. Thank you, Laurel and Ellie, and thank you guys for listening at home. We'll see you next time. Bye.